The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this October 26, 2023. My name is Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours here on ESPN 1067. I hope you're doing well on another nice day outside here in the Auburn Opelika area. As we get closer and closer to the weekend, uh, that means we get closer to uh, high school football going on tomorrow. We get closer to college football happening on Sunday. Um, you've got NFL football uh, football on Saturday and then NFL football on Sunday. Uh, you've got hockey going on, basketball going on, World Series going on. I mean, it is a busy, busy time in the world of sports. And of course, we're going to cover a lot of that on the show today. Uh, if you're ever with me on Thursdays between 2 and 4 here on ESPN 106.7, Thursdays have been busy uh, throughout football season. We're going to have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He'll join us at 2.30 today. Uh, preview Tiger Talk tonight. Also uh, previewing the Auburn and Mississippi State football game on Saturday. Talk about what Auburn has to do to try and pick up that first SEC win. And so we'll talk to Brad coming up at 2.30. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Then to start hour number two at 3 o'clock, we will have... Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge, he will join us on the show as he does every single Thursday uh, to talk about the tough loss last week for Auburn High against Central and preview uh, their matchup coming up. They are back at home this weekend, uh, is Auburn High, so we'll get to talk about that with head coach Keith Etheridge. He's always great. He's a lot of fun to talk to, so he'll join us at 3 o'clock. And then our longtime guest on Thursdays around here is Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SCC podcast podcast he will join us at 3 30 later on in the show to kind of wrap everything up and so that's what's on the schedule for today outside and around uh, my guests i know it's a busy show but when i don't have a guest i want to hear from you we're two days away from auburn and mississippi state how are you feeling what's on your mind are you confident in the game this weekend uh, are you confident that Auburn can get their first win in SEC play. Can they snap this four-game losing streak? Is this going to be another 3-2 game in Auburn-Mississippi State history? I mean, what? how are you feeling about this game coming up? Because it, it just seems like the... Uh, it just seems like the, the vibes and the energy within Auburn fans are just not very, very high right now. And so I want to hear from you. If you got score predictions, uh, game predictions, other games around college football, give me a call. Let's talk about it 
on a Thursday afternoon. The number to get you through to me is 334-321-1390. That number again is 334-321-1390. What's on your mind? Let's have a conversation and let's have some fun on a Thursday afternoon. I want to start by looking at this Auburn and Mississippi State game and what the stats say about this Auburn and Mississippi State game. Because looking at it, this is not by any means a an attractive game. This is not what we would call a sexy game. This is not a high-flying offense type of game. Um, there's a chance this game could be a combined 20 or 24 points. I mean, it is not looking all that great. And when you look at the two offenses, we know that Auburn's offense has struggled mightily in Power 5 play and in Power 5 competition, um, failing to get anywhere near what they need to be uh, to be winning some of these Power 5 games. And if you look in their Power 5 games, Auburn's offense has put up the following numbers. Well, and this is not even fully offense, but this is just the numbers that the offense has put up. Because you remember, Auburn's defense has a couple of special teams and and defensive touchdowns in here. But these are just the final scores that Auburn has put up offensively in, in a game in general. In Power 5 competition, 14 against Cal, 10 against Texas A&M, 20 against Georgia, 18 against LSU, and 21 against Ole Miss. That's not going to get it done, folks. That's not enough points to win a football game in 2023 in the SEC. And I say it that way because somehow the Iowa Hawkeyes score 10 points a game and they find ways to win. I don't know how, but they do. That's the difference between the Big Ten and the SEC. But this Saturday, could 21 points or 18 points or 20 points 10 points, 14 points, could that be enough to win the game this Saturday against Mississippi State? Honestly, yeah, it absolutely could. Because look at what Mississippi State has been doing recently on offense. And take their most recent game against Arkansas on the road in Fayetteville last week. This was an ugly performance on both sides. From both teams on all sides of the football. Mississippi State won. And there's credit to be given there. They have more wins than Auburn does. They have more SEC wins than Auburn does. Mississippi State is a winning football team right now. But they beat Arkansas 7-3. 7-3. And that was the score at halftime. These teams did not score again in the second half. Arkansas kicked a field goal in the first quarter Mississippi State had a touchdown in the second quarter, and that was it. Now, there are some reasons for that. Mississippi State's Will Rogers, who no has not had near the seasons he's had in the past, and I don't think he's able to showcase that due to the change in offense there in Stark Vegas. But he also is dealing with some injury problems, and he did not play last week. It was Mike Wright who played last week at quarterback for Mississippi State. And have you seen his numbers in that game? 
They're nothing to celebrate. He was 8 of 12 for 85 yards, the lone touchdown, and he also threw an interception. And here's what else has to stick out to you, is the fact that the quarterback, Mike Wright, was also the leading rusher for Mississippi State with 11 carries for 60 yards. So what about that sticks out to me is the fact that they only threw the ball 12 times. Who else does that sound like? Sounds like Auburn. Does it not? That sounds like Auburn. How many times have we seen Auburn this year throw it less than 20 times in a game? How many times this year have we seen Auburn be a run-heavy team like we've talked about? Now, I think they've gotten a little bit better in that aspect, but I wouldn't say by a whole lot, would you? Look at the game against Ole Miss. Peyton Thorne threw it 13 times. And Robbie Ashford threw it four. That's 17 total between two quarterbacks. These two offenses are eerily similar. And that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing by any means. You look at the rushing totals for Mississippi State against Arkansas, outside of Mike Wright, the quarterback, Jaquavius Marks, he ran it 17 times. Had 17 total carries. But he only got 42 yards. That's two and a half average. That's not good. That's not good. Both of these offenses on Saturday are struggling. And as we await the official decision for quarterback Will Rogers for Mississippi State, I don't think he's going to go. I don't. I don't think he's going to play. They seem doubtful on that. Seems like it's going to be Mike Wright again. Does Mississippi State have confidence in him? I don't know. Doesn't seem like it. He only threw it 12 times. He did complete eight of those. But again, it was only 85 yards. Had a touchdown, but he also had an interception. So this is going to be an ugly game on Saturday unless one team figures it out. And if you had to tell me right now, if you had to take a guess... And I would love to hear from you. If you had to put money on it, on which offense on Saturday between Auburn and Mississippi State at this point in the season with the injuries for both offenses, we know Auburn's got some offensive injuries, especially at the center position where we expect Connor Liu to be starting up front. And then you have Will Rogers, who's not expected to play on Mississippi State. If you had to put money on it, on which offense would figure it out this Saturday, who would it be? Do you have more confidence in Mississippi State figuring it out with Mike Wright after coming off a seven-point performance against Arkansas, but it was a win? Or do you have more confidence in the Auburn offense to figure it out with this weird two-quarterback system they continue to use, yet to put up more than 20 points in a Power 5 game, and still looking for their first SEC win and on a four-game slide. I genuinely don't know. My answer would be would be Auburn simply because, and it's not because I have the confidence in Auburn's offense. I'm just going to be honest there. I just think Auburn's defense is better than Mississippi State. 
Because you look at what Arkansas has done, right? You look at the score and you're like, wow, Mississippi State, they held K.J. Jefferson and Arkansas to three total points. That's impressive. Well, here's what Arkansas has done. Currently on a six-game losing streak, they've been putting up okay offensive numbers, not great. In their last four games... They've put up 22 points against A&M. They put up 20 points against Ole Miss. 21 points against Alabama in a game they had every chance to win. And then three against Mississippi State. They have Florida this weekend. Apologies, Florida next weekend. And Auburn the following weekend. So Arkansas has not been this crazy good offensive team to begin with. So is Mississippi State's defense good? Or have they just not played all that great of offenses? And again, you look at their schedule. They gave up three last week. They gave up 28 to Western Michigan. I don't really know what that says. You give up 40 to Alabama, 37 to South Carolina, and you give up 41 against LSU, but everybody's doing that. So while Mississippi State's defense may not be great, I don't think they're bad. But I'm going to take Auburn's defense over theirs every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So that's why I have more confidence in Auburn's offense figuring it out at least enough to win the game rather than Mississippi State and backup quarterback Mike Wright coming to Jordan-Hare Stadium and beating Auburn. I don't think I don't see that happening at all, if I'm just being honest. I don't see Mississippi State with the talent that they have and the backup quarterback they're playing with, I don't see them coming to Auburn and beating Auburn. And I'm saying it like that for a reason. Because Auburn very well very might just give the game to them. And they very well might let Mississippi State hang around a little too long. Like Auburn has seemed to do with every team. And Auburn may be in the football game, but then it comes back to the question, do you have the confidence in Auburn's offense to go and win a game? Can Auburn's offense go and win a game when they have to have it? They've done it one time this year. One That was all the way back in week two in Berkeley, California to beat the Golden Bears. That's the only time they've done it. That's the only time when Auburn's offense had to make a drive and they had to score that they've actually successfully done it. Ten points against A&M was bad. You had 20 points against Georgia. And you had chances to win that game. And you were up in the second half and then your offense stalled out. LSU, you were going up against statistically one of the worst defenses in the SEC. Didn't do anything. And then you back it up with another game against a bad statistical defense with Ole Miss. And again, you didn't do anything. You had a late garbage time touchdown. But you really didn't do a whole lot. I say all that to say this. 
has a chance to be a really ugly game on Saturday between Auburn and Mississippi State. Offensively, there's just not going to be a whole lot of points because neither team has proven they can do it. And I think Auburn's defense, while the stats don't back it up, Auburn's defense is playing really, really good. They're playing better than we thought they were, and I thought they were going to be good. If you remember back in the beginning of the year, I said that at the end of the day, at the end of the season, we would not look back and have the defense to blame for any of the results or the losses. And I know you have the LSU game, but I just think that's an outlier. I mean, let's just be honest. Jaden Daniels should be the front runner for the Heisman. But every other game to this point, the defense has done their job. And I believe they can do that on Saturday against Mississippi State. But the question still remains. Can Auburn's offense do anything to help them out? Can they do anything? Or can Mississippi State's offense do anything? Because while they may have beaten Arkansas, it wasn't pretty. They scored one touchdown in four quarters of football. Now, it was on the road. Got to give them that. But it wasn't pretty. According to FanDuel, before we get to break, Auburn favored by six and a half. Do you agree with that? Do you think Auburn should be almost a touchdown favorite this weekend over Mississippi State? In the over-under, the total amount of points that FanDuel thinks will be scored in this game is 41 and a half. That's not a lot. It's not a lot by any means. In comparison, a couple of other SEC games, just to give you a comparison on that total, look at South Carolina, Texas A&M. 53.5 total points. Those are better offenses, but 41 points is not a whole lot in an SEC football game. Do you think Auburn should be favored by 6.5? I'm curious. 3-2-1-13-90. We'll take our first break here in hour number one. When we come back, we'll talk about that. We'll start talking some games going on around college football this weekend before Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joins us at 2.30. Give me a call. We'll get you on the show. Let's have a conversation on a Thursday afternoon. 3-3-4-3-2-1-13-90. We'll be right back here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com, or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. They are our studio sponsor each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7. And a reminder that the Plaza Bar and Lounge is your Tiger pregame destination for all fans on Saturdays during the fall. Home of the original Warburger, the Plaza Bar offers an easy and exciting menu to go along with fantastic drink specials. Enjoy the kid and friendly, the kid and dog friendly Plaza Patio. And uh, you can do that while you're keeping up with all the other football action leading up to kickoff in Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday, including this Saturday with Auburn and Mississippi State. Located at 800 Main Street in Midtown off of Opelika Road, the Plaza offers happy hour from 4 to 6 each and every weekday. And don't forget that Sunday they have a brunch 
So if you're on your way out of town or uh, needing a little pick-me-up meal on Sundays, you can go and check out their brunch as well. The Plaza Bar and Lounge, your pregame stop in Auburn. So be sure you check them out. They sponsor our studio each and every day uh, between 2 and 4, and we appreciate them for doing that. Well, got a couple of minutes before uh, we take our next break and then have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network join us at 2.30 and want to get to the question of the day and if you have an answer, have a response, have a comment, give me a call. We'll talk about it for a couple of minutes. 334-321-1390 The first college football playoff rankings come out on Tuesday on Halloween. I know it's crazy that uh, the end of October is next week. I mean, November 1st is Wednesday, which is insane to me. Uh, But the first college football playoff rankings come out next Tuesday on Halloween. And question of the day to you is this. Which games this weekend will impact the first college football playoff rankings the most? Question again is which games coming up this weekend in college football will impact the first college football playoff rankings the most that come out on Tuesday. And looking at the schedule for this weekend, um, it's been sort of a, a down period of time in college football. I feel like there's been some good games here and there, but you remember early on, like week three, week four, like we had just – tons and tons and tons of great games each weekend where you had six and seven massive games um, this weekend maybe not a a heavy heavy weekend but there are some really really big games that can impact those college football playoff rankings and one of those um, is here in the SEC Georgia and Florida. Of course, Georgia, the number one team in the country, 7-0. and uh, We talked to Jordan Hill yesterday, our Georgia writer, who joins us every Wednesday for Rivalry Wednesday. Talked to him about the Bulldogs and how they've got to sort of figure this thing out on offense without Brock Bowers being there, who is out for the foreseeable future. No real timetable on him. Uh, Jordan was saying maybe a few weeks down the road, um, but as of right now, no update uh, for Brock Bowers in Georgia. They're playing Florida in Jacksonville. And how about the Florida Gators? How about them? They're 5-2, and 3-1 and one in the SEC. A much better season than almost anybody gave them credit for, myself included. And to this point, I was flat out wrong. I was. I was flat out wrong about Florida. And credit to them, and I'm happy for them. Because, like I told you, I like Billy Napier, and I think he's a good coach. And he took over a Florida program that was in shambles. And if he's able to turn this thing around and become a successful coach and to turn Florida back into a powerhouse, credit to him. And they've got a chance to do that with a win over Georgia this weekend. That would impact the college football playoff rankings. How about Oregon and Utah? Number eight, the Ducks taking on the Utes at number 13. Both teams are 6-1 overall, 3-1 in Pac-12 play. This is, in playoff implications, the biggest game of the weekend. Loser, still alive. Still alive in the Pac-12, still alive in the college football playoff run. Loser, you're out. We know how it is in this era of college football. With the four-team playoff, 
you lose two games, unless you get hot down the stretch and beat a couple of number one teams, you're probably not going to make the college football playoff. Especially if the SEC gets a team in there and the ACC can get a team in there and the Big Ten, who's threatening to get two teams in there, and the Pac-12, who's still threatening to get at least one, if you're a two-loss team from the Pac-12, you're not making it in this year. This game is massive. 2.30 on Fox on Saturday, Oregon in Utah. Now we know Cam Rising is out. He's not playing the rest of the year. Hasn't played a single snap this year for Utah and will not play a single snap this year. But again, loser's still alive. No, loser's out. Apologies. Winner's still alive. And the loser's out between Oregon and Utah. Duke and Louisville. That's a game. Louisville's still technically alive in this thing in the ACC. They're 3-1 and one in the conference, 6-1 and one overall, number 18 in the country. Don't overlook the Cardinals. That's a big game for playoff implications as well. When we come back, we'll talk to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network, talk about Auburn and Mississippi State. Preview Tiger Talk tonight, the coaches show over on Wings 94.3, and get Brad's thoughts on the Auburn football season so far. Don't go anywhere. That's coming up next here on ESPN 106.7. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes in here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 1067. I'm Jacob Goins with you on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. As we get to the phone lines, we welcome in Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network who joins us every Thursday at 2.30. Brad, hope you're doing well. Times are busy, but that's a good thing, right? I'll tell you, I'm glad to be back with you. I'm, I'm with you every Thursday unless, you know, there's a corporate something or other that comes <laughs> up last minute, and we don't like those, but that uh, sometimes calls. No, we're, we're glad to be back today and very excited about the weekend that's on tap. Well, before we talk about that weekend coming up with Auburn and Mississippi State, we have to rewind just a little bit with Auburn and Ole Miss the weekend before in Jordan-Hare Stadium where Auburn took on Ole Miss under the lights. And uh, it was a game where Auburn knew they were going to have to play well defensively and they were trying to get things turned around offensively. Uh, But, Brad, it just seems that Auburn still stuck in a little bit of a rut now as they're on a four-game losing streak after the loss to Ole Miss on Saturday yeah for a really tough four-game stretch and uh, Auburn was not favored in any of these four games it's kind of if you could go back in hindsight and you had total creative control over the schedule you'd, you'd, you'd almost rather you know split these up maybe and say you played Texas A&M then Mississippi State then Georgia then Vanderbilt you know as opposed to the stretch that Auburn had and and that's no disrespect meant to those to Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, although it's going to come across that way. It's just uh, Auburn will be favored Saturday for the first time since the Cal game because they don't put out lines for FCS opponents. So first time since September 9th that Auburn will be favored in a game. First time Auburn will be favored by more than a field goal in an SEC game since we believe two years ago against Mississippi State. Wow. Uh, so this is a really good opportunity 
and Auburn must take advantage. I, I think you know it becomes a, a swing game, and um, I, I know we're going to talk a little bit about Ole Miss, but uh, at, yeah, tough offense. They ran for 400-something yards in last year's game in Oxford, and their running game was effective again. Quinshaw and Judkins, especially against Auburn, he's going to put in an extra gear. Um, and it's an Ole Miss offense that just truthfully, if you're an objective observer, it's a fun offense. It's a fun offense to watch. It's creative. Um, you know, the, the play that Dart scored one of his touchdowns where they fake the pitch, and it's just a counter play for the quarterback. So, you know, if you're a defensive player and you read the left side of the line kicking out uh, to the left, and you see the pitch fake from Dart, there's no reason to think because of the way those linemen kick out and and look like they're going to try to block outside the, you know, outside the line. No reason to think that it's anything but a pitch. Um, But in, you know, so as a defensive player, you try to kick out and and get leverage on the outside and, and those linemen cut up just a, a step and now they've got you pinned. And I mean, that's just, it's a creative play. And Auburn struggled in the first quarter and the fourth quarter to defend it. I thought they defended it really well in the second and third quarters. Uh, but at the end of the day, there just wasn't enough offense to overcome and, uh, and outscore Ole Miss. We knew it was going to have to be a really sloppy-looking game. It just wasn't sloppy enough. Well, one thing that I've talked about is even in the Ole Miss game, giving up 28 total points, from a defensive perspective, Brad, I think that's a win given what that offense has shown they can do this season. But as you mentioned, and as we all have have seen, it has been an offensive struggle for Auburn, and it's been the confusion uh, with the two-quarterback system, or however you want to word it, with the subbing in and out of Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford. We did see Jarquez Hunter have his best game of the year offensively for Auburn, but Brad, what what is your breakdown of what Auburn is trying to do offensively and, and maybe why it's not working to this point? Yeah, I think... Um, I- I think they have to have better wide receiver play. I think you have to have. It's, it's a really interesting dynamic because, like Robbie started the game, but he wasn't. He was running his package to start the game. Um, I think from what the coaches have said, and I'm not in all those meetings. I'm not in the strategy sessions, but um, they, they just believe their quarterbacks have two distinctive skill sets, and that they believe from what they see in practice that the best way to go uh, is is not to try to cross cross over those packages at all. Uh, like the, We, we want to make it simple and say, well, give one quarterback the keys and let him run the offense. Well, it sounds to me like the offense is two different offenses, two different packages. That's the offense. It's not necessarily a quarterback competition, mm-hmm. but you have two guys on the same team who are running their offensive packages and you know we've seen a little bit of tempo late in games where Auburn was down by more than one score and those have been successful so your first thought is why don't they just do that all the time why don't you just run the two-minute offense all the time and there are reasons you can't do that all the time Uh, defenses play differently when they're up by more than one score with six minutes to go in a game than they do six minutes to go in the first quarter um it might work, and we may see some more of it uh, in, in this game Saturday. But I, I don't know that the original – I've kind of gone around the world. The original question was, was asking to try to identify what they're doing offensively. and I, I don't think 
I think that's the problem is you can't identify specifically what they what they're trying to do and I don't know I don't know that the answer is one quarterback doing it all um, I know to this point it hasn't been successful I also just don't think it's as easy as we'll just leave one quarterback in there the whole time that'll fix it right I don't think it does well, Auburn and Auburn fans are looking for answers. They're looking for maybe just something different. I think that's what I've heard the most on on this show and over uh, the past couple of weeks. It's just looking for a little bit something different, right? Because Auburn has failed to score more than 21 points in a Power 5 game this year. And we know in today's game of college football, Brad, that's just not going to get it done offensively. And so Auburn has a chance this weekend playing Mississippi State, another team that has been struggling offensively, and they are struggling at the quarterback position as well with their starter, Will Rogers, who did not play last week and from what we know so far is not expected to play this Saturday. It hasn't been officially announced, but is not expected to play against Auburn, and this could be a sloppy game on Saturday between Auburn and Mississippi State offensively. Yeah, I, I think every game Auburn plays for the rest of the year, you, you're not going to play games that look like Washington and Oregon. You know, you're just not going to have games that look like that. Yeah. They're all going to be sloppy and low scoring. And uh, Auburn wanted to win the time of possession in these last two games against LSU and Ole Miss, and it wasn't able to do that. It's going to try to do that again. I think against Mississippi State, I think it's. I think both teams are going to try to do that. Truthfully. Um, because both teams' strengths are running, especially if Will Rogers can't go again Saturday, and they're looking at Mike Wright, who's a dual-threat quarterback. Um, Most of their runs came outside the tackles last week and their win over Arkansas, a game where they got a second-quarter touchdown and and made it stand up. Um, Their defense is awfully good at stopping the run. They're a little better at yards allowed per rush than Auburn's defense is, which has been pretty good. It's been good enough stopping the run, so... I think both teams are going to try to do exactly the same. The game plan for both probably says run, make it ugly, shorten the game, and win a low-scoring ball game. So I think you see that from both sides. In Auburn looking for that first conference win in the SEC. We heard the quarterbacks talk earlier this week, Brad, uh, Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford, and Robbie had a comment about comparing the, the losing streak last year to this year's losing streak and he said the difference is the locker room and the team seems to be more together this season than they were last year does that surprise you at all and if not I mean what what do you think or who may be the cause for that Uh, doesn't doesn't surprise me at all Uh, I I think leadership um, goes a long way I I think players believe that their position coaches and their head coach is invested in them and cares about them as people and it doesn't matter if you are Coaching a team or running a business or leading a family or any other sort of group, any other enterprise, if the people um, that are under your authority believe you're only leading them to to achieve an objective, to reach a goal, and you're not invested in them personally, um, they're they're just – they're not going to be as invested themselves. They're just not, and that's the truth in any walk in life. Uh, everybody who's ever had a manager or a boss, think about your managers and bosses that uh, you respected and that you worked hardest for and were willing to go the extra mile for. 
it's not the taskmaster who just, you know, look, here's the work. We're trying to get this goal and it stays the same for you from there on out. Um, it's the ones who you, you thought were invested in you as an individual. And I think that is absolutely apparent with this team. There's been a narrative that's come out in the last two or three weeks. Well, you know, the coaches are talking too much about the future and they're focusing too much on, um, you know, building for the future. And this year's team isn't going to, you know, it, it's going to impact this year's team. But hasn't impacted them to this point. Uh, they're still laying everything on the line. They're still together. They're still, you know, uh, that they, they haven't fallen off from that perspective. And I think that says a lot about the leadership from the head coach down to the assistants and, and everybody involved in the program. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Great atmosphere last Saturday under the lights for Auburn and Ole Miss. Uh, Auburn fans have a chance to do that again against Mississippi State this Saturday. 2.30 kick. uh, Supposed to be a perfect weather day. Um, And I think that speaks volumes. I know there's a lot of of concern from Auburn fans, but Brad, you couldn't see that or hear that on Saturday in Jordan-Hare against Ole Miss, and I don't expect to hear or see any concern on Saturday against Mississippi State? Yeah, I hope not, Jacob. And I I challenge folks on the the Village Vice uh, show that uh, Zach Blackerby and I did today to say, look, these last two home games, they have been difference makers from a recruiting standpoint, and they've certainly boosted the play on the field because the environment has been terrific. Ole Miss was a night game against the top 15 team. Okay, Georgia was Georgia um, day game, but but it's Georgia, and it was your first SEC home game and kind of the first big game under this new coaching staff at Jordan-Hare. Mississippi State is an unranked team, a team Auburn is favored against. A day game, it's going to be hotter than it should be in, in late October. Like there, If you want excuses not to make this the same environment it was against Ole Miss and Georgia, they're there, but we got three home games left. Three home games left at Jordan-Hare Stadium, and after that, we're going to be back into that long nine-month countdown. Oh, I can't wait till football season comes back around. Oh, I can't wait. So I, I sort of – it's going to be up to, to everybody in that stadium to say, I'm going to I'm going to do exactly what I did against Ole Miss in Georgia, maybe even be a little louder or a little earlier or whatever it may be, and, uh, and create or recreate the same type of home field advantage. Arkansas – I believe, looked at their schedule at least a little bit. Some of those players, to a man, if they're honest, probably looked at that just murderer's row schedule of four games in a row that they had, and then they took a breather when they got ready to play Mississippi State. You cannot do that against this team. They're a rugged, physical team, and just because you're favored to win the game does not mean a thing. You cannot come off of the four games Auburn has just had point to Mississippi State and go, all right, now we should get a win. And fans, I don't think, can do that either. you got to bring the same energy that you brought against Ole Miss and Georgia. I think it'll happen. I can't wait to see it. And, uh, I'm, I'm, man, I wish we could run out of the tunnel right now. Auburn taking on Mississippi State Saturday at 2.30 kickoff. Of course, here locally in Auburn, Opelika, you can find the radio broadcast on our sister station, Wings 94.3. The Auburn Sports Network, they'll take over over on Wings 94.3 at 11.30 a.m. But tonight, Brad, you guys have Tiger Talk, uh, 6 o'clock out at Baumhauer's. That'll be broadcasted live on Wings 94.3 as well. Tell the listeners who's going to be stopping by and what's on the schedule for tonight. 
Yeah, last week, Jacob, we had a record number of questions from the crowd. Okay. Uh, and talking about setting the atmosphere, it was it was incredible. It was wonderful. It's it's it has become sort of a it's the not must see TV or must hear radio. It's the place to be. It's kind of a social event to be out at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. So we'd encourage you to get there, get there early tonight, participate in the show. Uh, we do have Coach Freeze coming by. We also have Jay Fair and Jayla McLeod scheduled to be with us. Uh, tonight. Plus, we'll talk some women's basketball. Head coach Johnny Harris. Coach Jay will be there to help us close out the program. So it should be another good show with great food and and uh, awesome Auburn people. Come be a part of it. Although you guys do a great job, and it should be a lot of fun. Women's basketball, uh, first exhibition on Monday, second one Thursday, and then their season gets underway a week from Monday. So perfect time to yeah. uh, be previewing women's basketball. Men's basketball, of course, right around the corner as well. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joins me every Thursday, well, almost every Thursday, here on ESPN 106.7. <laughs> Brad, I appreciate you and your time. Uh, let everybody know where they can keep up with you and everything you guys are doing at the Auburn Sports Network. Yeah, Jacob, I appreciate it. Follow AU Sports Network on all your social media and uh, get some behind-the-scenes content there. Um, just make sure to, to follow us and, and keep up to date because we are. We're going into the month of November. That's a really busy month, an exciting month, and uh, we're glad to bring it all to you. All right, Brad, thanks so much. Have a great show tonight. Have a great call on Saturday, and we'll talk to you next Thursday. Thanks, Jacob. War Eagle. That's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network, who is with us every Thursday here on the show. We'll take our final break, come back, wrap up hour number one before we get into a busy hour number two that has Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge right at 3 o'clock, and then Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SCC podcast at 3.30. But don't go anywhere. We'll wrap up hour number one when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067. Big thanks and shout out to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network who uh, we just got done talking with in recapping Auburn Ole Miss previewing Auburn and Mississippi State, uh, and also previewing Tiger Talk tonight, which you can catch that live at 6 p.m. Uh, you can go out to Baumhauer's and check them out, or you can listen to it live on Wings 94.3. That's our classic rock station here at Auburn Network. Uh, you can check that out on Wings 94.3, which is on your radio dial, or wingsfm.com. And on Saturday with Auburn and Mississippi State. Kickoff is set for 2.30, and we have your full coverage over on Wings 94.3. Starting at 10.30 a.m., it is game day on Wings 94.3 with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett. Normally it's Jack Hutton, but Jack Hutton out of town this weekend, so yours truly will be filling in for Jack Hutton. So it'll be me and Uncle T-Bone on Saturday morning at 10.30. We'll go live there on Wings 94.3 for an hour, and then uh, it will be the Auburn Sports Network. They'll take over at 11:30 with the Tiger Tailgate show, uh countdown to kickoff and then kickoff between Auburn and Mississippi State. So that's what's coming up on Saturday. Again, Wings 94.3, wingsfm.com, uh, the Wings 94.3 app, Wings 94.3 Alexa scale. However you want to find it, there's numerous ways and no reason for you not to be checking it out. So that'll be on Saturday. Uh, we appreciate Brad coming on each and every week to talk about that and give his thoughts, which he always has unique perspectives on 
on Auburn and the results that we've seen so far. And I think he's absolutely right. And when he puts it into perspective of there's only three more home games for Auburn this year in football, isn't that crazy? I mean, it's so wild that we go through such a long offseason, nine months of an offseason, and we wait for football season to get here, and then in the blink of an eye, it just flies by. And so if you are an Auburn fan, take that into consideration. If you're on the fence about whether you want to go to the Auburn-Mississippi State game this weekend, if you've got tickets or your family has tickets or friends that have tickets, and you're on the verge of, well... It's the mid-afternoon game. It's Mississippi State. Auburn should win, but Auburn hasn't won in a while. Do I really want to go? There's only three more left. And this could be a really fun game. It could be a fun atmosphere, and you could be a part of it. And you could be there when the 2023 season turns around. If Auburn gets a win here and starts to build a little momentum, you could be a part of that. And that's what makes Jordan-Hare Stadium so special. So... Take that into consideration. Auburn, Mississippi State coming up on Saturday. We'll talk some more about it coming up in hour number two. Of course, talk a lot more about it tomorrow on the show as well. But here's what's coming up in hour number two before we get out of here. Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge, he joins me at the start of hour number two, right at three o'clock. We'll talk to him uh, about the game last weekend against Central. We'll get an update on his football team as they get ready for another home game tomorrow night over at Duck Sanford Stadium. We'll also talk to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. You know he always has a couple of thoughts and some hot takes when he joins the show as well. So that's what's coming up in hour number two. I'm excited for it. I hope you are as well. Don't go anywhere here on ESPN 106.7, hour number two of the Thursday edition of On the Line, coming up. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins with you as we get underway here in hour number two. If you missed any of the first hour, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it on our station website at ESPNAU.com or just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. Talk to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network back in hour number one. We also talked some Auburn Mississippi. Mississippi State and began looking at some big games in college football coming up this weekend. So that was all back in hour number one. And as I mentioned, coming up here in hour number two, we're about to get to the phone lines with Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge. We also have Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast later on in the show as well. So it's a jam-packed hour number two, and we start hour number two with Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge. Coach, great to hear from you, man. Hope you're doing well. Coach, are you there? No, this is Jones. Oh, hey Jones, I apologize. My bad. My bad. I thought we had I thought we had coach on that line. I apologize. Well, Jones, what's on your mind? We'll start the hour with you. How about well, that? I just if you want to give with coach, I understand. He's more important than I'll ever be. Well, no, he well, well I thought that was him calling in. No, you're good. You're good. He he hadn't called me back yet, so you're good, man. What's on your mind? All right, I'm gonna address this to a lot of us older Auburn fans because there's a lot of disjointed, disconnected philosophies out there namely about, you know, the way Freeze has verbalized some of his his approach. And, and then, of course, the two-quarterback system, which is a complete fallacy and totally erroneously uh, being implemented and screwing up our season. But that's irrelevant. Let's go back about eight, ten years to the Stephen Leaf complete fiasco in letting Gus Malzahn's agent, Jimmy Sexton, you know, totally, totally squeeze him into a ludicrous contract. Mm-hmm. All right? If you got $15 million right now, Jake Goins, to do your job haphazardly, very average to below, you probably wouldn't work as hard. There's something magical about not having to work that hard when you got a guaranteed big old pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. All right, you do that again to Harson. You give him a situation where him and his wife sit at the kitchen table. He goes, I ain't got to do crap. I'm going to get $14 million by not doing crap. It takes a special breed of person to coach Auburn, a coach that has real, really inside him the integrity to know what Auburn fans have gone through. We're going to be second fiddle in that state, in this state, forever. Always have and always will be. Now we're down the road against Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Texas a and all. So having said all that, I want the young people and the fans who completely are not opening their eyes to what's going on, us older guys, We've seen what Auburn can be and what Auburn is able to be. However, we've had the wrong people in the position running our program. And if I had the millions of dollars that some of the guys in Abbeville, Alabama have, I could fix this real quick because I wouldn't let a guy sign a contract until I made him look me in the eyes and say, here's how I'm going to coach Auburn. Mm -hmm. Had we known this guy was going to come in and not coach his offense, but hire somebody who does not know Auburn and Auburn's history and Auburn's fan passion, I would absolutely say, no, you're not the guy. Let's go get somebody else. We hired the guy because of what he did at Liberty, and I really believe he is majorly making a complete faux pas. He may change it in the last few games. I don't know. I think Mississippi State's a toss-up. But having said all that, is there any way us older Auburn fans and folks who really know what I'm trying to say and understand what I'm trying to convey, 
that we could maybe do a class action lawsuit against Stephen Lee, Gus Malzahn, and Harson for just malpractice of our Auburn football program? What do you think, Jacob? I think that is a very, very passionate. Uh, <laughs> that's a very passionate take, Jones. I'm going to be really honest with you, and I think there is no doubt that um, in the history of Auburn football, especially the timeline that you're talking about in the last ten years or so, there have been uh, some mistakes made when it comes to contract negotiations and extensions and the amount of money guaranteed. And in the look. Everybody in the country knows how much money that Auburn University pays out to coaches to not be the coach here. <laughs> like, we all know that. And that is something that has been mishandled in the recent years. And so uh, when it comes to taking, you know, legal action, I don't know what the what the situation on that would be, but I'm with you that it, it is very frustrating to see that it it has it hasn't happened just one time, right? That's the problem is you've seen this multiple times with negotiations and money just being poured into coaches in, in this program and you're not seeing the results that should have come with it. Well, we're the we're the absolute Vanderbilt uh, in waiting, and that's very concerning to me because this should have never been allowed to happen. I mean, sometimes if something's inevitable, you fix it now. And the smartest guy in the room is the guy that sees furthest down the road and acts on the actions that need to be done and implemented right this second. That was not done. And like I say, I ain't got a whole lot of years left compared to these young people who are very left-wing liberal in their thoughts. Well, love Auburn and be patient. Well, you know what? We've been patient. But when we see something that ain't working and it ain't getting fixed and we have the same mumbo-jumbo about two quarterbacks and I like this one versus that one, uh uh-uh. It ain't all about that. It's about what was implemented 12, 10 years ago by the idiocy of Stephen Lee. And I'm not being serious about a a class action suit. I'm being ludicrous here. But the bottom line is people like me that won't call the show will never say this. I had a guy told me this morning, oh, you know, give it time. Well, I've given it time. I'm nearly 70 years old. I've given it time. And I've given Auburn thousands of dollars over and above my my, uh, bachelor's and master's degrees to make sure this doesn't happen. But I ain't got quite enough to stop what's going on now. I can only fuss on the radio. Yeah. No, I get it. And and look, I don't think you're alone in that, Jones. I really don't. And, and there's nothing wrong with with wanting results and it's not demanding it right now in year 1 in game whatever, but you're just you're looking for it to happen because it has been this way for a really long time. I get it, man. Gotcha. Well, thanks for letting me vent, brother. Of course, man. Appreciate the call, Jones. 334-321-1390. Appreciate Jones calling in to get the show started here in hour number two. And I believe now, uh, throughout that, we do have Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge. Coach, do we have you on the line, man? Yes, sir. There he is. There he is. How are you, man? Great to hear from you. Doing great, brother. How are y'all doing? Doing good, doing good. Well, uh, we appreciate you giving us a call and uh, uh, talking a little Auburn High football um, yes, with uh, with your guys. Look, you guys are playing good. Uh, there's no doubt that you've gone through uh, a gauntlet in the back half of your schedule uh, with Ramsey and then Opelika and then, of course, the game this past Friday against Central High School uh, where the Red Devils came into town and took you guys down 41 to 20 uh, Central. Look, they're undefeated for a reason, Coach. What you see in that game on Friday night? Well, they're number one in the state for a reason. <laughs> uh, they got a really good football team. They're well coached. You know, they, they've got athletes everywhere. You know, I told you last week that they really don't 
they don't have a lot of a lot of places where you see you know any weaknesses you know so uh you gotta play perfect against them you know we were going in to cut it to a one score game and turn the ball over inside the 10 they picked it up ran at 90 yards for a touchdown so you know it, it's just things like that you can't do against a, a great football team like central and you know Hopefully we'll get a chance to, to uh, play them again in the playoffs. You know, hopefully we can do our part to, to get back to that that game. Um, but right now we just got to survive. We we got to win this game this week to, you know, get in the playoffs and, and uh, extend our season. Yeah, well, with that central loss, you guys are at six and two overall, uh, four and two in region play, and you mentioned uh, the game coming up this Friday tomorrow against Prattville, where uh, you need a win to uh, basically everything is in your own hands, right? And, and what does yeah. it mean for for you as a coach and as a team, where you do control your own destiny at such a late point in the season? How do you handle all of that? Well, it's important, you know. I mean, you want you want it to be in your own hands. You don't want to be counting on anybody else to win to to, to get you in. You know, um, you know. I think that you know earlier we're looking at looking at different scenarios and things like that. And now we're just looking at if we win, we advance. You know, if we win Friday night, uh, looks like we'll be in, regardless of what happens next Friday. So now, so next Friday would basically be just trying to finish up strong and, you know, get seeding and things like that. So, you know, uh, but we definitely need to win this week to, to get in. Well, we talked last week when Auburn and Central get together. A, we know uh, there is no love lost between these two schools, and especially in the football programs. But more importantly, the amount of talent that is on the field or on the court or on the baseball diamond or any sport, when Central and Auburn High get together, there's so much talent between these two schools. And that was extremely evident last Friday night when Auburn High football and Central football got together the talent on the field, coach, is just truly remarkable to watch in this state. Yeah, there's some good football players out there on the field. I think they have seven, seven power five kids, eight power five kids, nine power five kids. So they've got some really good players. I thought that, you know, for us, I thought Caleb Pitts had a breakout game. You know, he's going to be a power five guy. Um, Omar Mabson, you know, our sophomore running back. Uh, Tyler Flakes had a good game. Both of those running backs had over 100 yards the other night. Um, you know, we just turned the ball over a couple times, and I think that, you know, they, their receiver, the Coleman kid, he's the real deal. I mean, he had like nine catches for 290-something yards. You know, he's he is a phenomenal player. Yeah, I mean, what what did you? I did want to ask you about him because the stat line was was insane, and and we've got Auburn University fans that are telling the the, the football program, you got to go get this kid, you got to bring him back to Auburn. <laughs> I mean, he's just so so talented and so skilled. Uh, I mean, have you seen a guy like him play receiver uh, in high school football, or if you have, maybe a comparison? Yeah, I mean, he he's a great great high school you know uh, receiver, you know, and he's made leaps and bounds. Uh, since last year to this year, I think he's got tremendously better. You know, he's got better at running his routes. He's done. A, he does a great job. His hands are really good. You know, um, he's he's gotten faster. I think, and and he does a great job of high pointing the ball and using every bit of that six three six four frame to go get it. You know, um, he, he's a he's a talent. You know, he's you you don't see a lot of guys like him in high school, especially with all his upside and. You know, he he's one of those guys that makes plays. I mean, we would 
we would stuff them for, you know, first and second down, and it'd be third down and 12 or 13, and they'd just, I mean, they'd go to it. And the quarterback <laughs> did a really good job of, of throwing the ball on time. You know, we put a lot of pressure on him. We we, we said before we went into that game, we want to hit him. We want to make sure that he's, he's uh, not holding the ball back there. And we did. We, we got to him. We hit him. You know, uh, he threw things. He threw the ball on time. He got the ball out. He he took some shots, and, and he kept kept going. So you know, um, hats off to him. You know, they 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 they, they played a, a really good football game Friday night. Well, Central does take down Auburn High 41-20 to last Friday. But as I mentioned, Auburn is still 6-2 uh, and two on the season, 4-2 and two in region play. And you turn your attention to the game tomorrow night against Prattville, who are 3-5 and five overall, 2-4 and four in the region. So uh, maybe not enjoying as much success as uh, you guys or as they have in the past. But it's another region game. And as we've already mentioned, your playoff hopes are are all over this game and luckily for you guys you're back at the duck here in Auburn playing at home again yeah it's, it's nice to be at the duck and and you know Pratt was one of the teams with you know they got a great history and they've got great players um they they've dropped some games some close games late in the game you know this year uh they could really be sitting at six and two just like us you know uh we won some of those close games so it's a um uh, you know, I, th- I think it's a situation where, where you know, uh, if, if we don't come and play the way we're supposed to play, you know, we could we could get an L. I mean, we've got to really, really come and, and take care of the football and do the little things right, you know, because they, they are very capable of coming up and putting, putting up some big numbers. We talk about a tough end of the season. Prattville has on the road here in Auburn and then Central to end the season. I mean, it doesn't get any tougher than that when you look at a schedule in the final two games. Man, that is uh, – I don't know what Prattville did to, to upset the schedule gods, but, man, they got the short end of the stick on that one, Coach. Yeah, that's, that's a tough end for sure. You know, uh, they got a defensive lineman who's uh, got an Alabama offer. You know, they got a running back who's about 6'2 six, six or so, about 225, 230, you know. They've got some some weapons. You know, uh, they're good in the secondary. They've got some good receivers. So, you know, we, we're going to have to come and play our A game. But you're right. Their schedule matches up pretty tough at the end of the year also. Yeah, you alluded to it a little bit. I was going to ask you uh, before before we let you get out of here, what is it that you've seen from Prattville that uh, they've done well this season and maybe could pose some problems for you guys tomorrow night when you're playing there at the Duck? Well, they, like I said, their running back's good. Um, they're good on the defense side, which Prattville's always good on the defense side of the ball. Um they have turned the ball over a little bit this year, and I think that's been kind of their Achilles' heel, you know. Um, so, you know, we we need to force some turnovers and, and get some extra possessions and things, and we can't allow them to get extra possessions because they can grind it out. They're one of the teams who they can run the football uh, really well, and they've got some guys outside that will go get it. So, um, we need to limit their possessions. Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge joining us here as we begin hour number two on the Thursday edition of On the Line. You take on Pravel tomorrow at home uh, with uh, all sorts of playoff implications on the line before you take a trip on the road once again, coach, at Smith Station next Friday uh, preparing for the playoffs. There's no doubt it is crunch time, and I know this is an exciting time of the year for you and your squad. Yeah, it is. You know all kids, you know, all high school kids look forward to the playoffs. And, you know, I, I keep, t- I told our kids the other day after that game that, you know, 
it's you know most of our games from here on out are one and done. If we don't if we don't win this game and and secure this playoff spot, it could be the last you know you could be the the last uh, home game we have. You know, uh, so you know we need to really focus on getting this win and you know then go on the road and get a win against Smith and hopefully we'll get a chance to play at the Duck again. If not, we'll have to go on the road and then possibly get a chance to play at the Duck the following week. Right. Well, that, I was going to say that message goes out to the Auburn High fans as well who need to pack the Duck tomorrow uh, for what we hope is not the final home game, but it very well could. And so they got to be there and, and be a difference maker against Prattville tomorrow. Absolutely. And it's senior night. We get to celebrate these seniors and, you know, uh, just get to, you know, uh, show them how much we appreciate them. We get to you know, hand Towns Magoo his Under Armour All American jersey. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, and getting to celebrate him and uh, Ian Nations playing the North South All Star game. So we got a lot of guys to celebrate, and Towns is playing the Mississippi Alabama game. So a lot of guys to celebrate. Great senior class, and would love for everybody to come out and pack that duck and, and show these guys how much we, we appreciate and love them. How many seniors this year, coach? There's right at 40. Yeah, 40 seniors, man. That's a huge class to be losing, man. Yeah, and, you know, every year I've been here, there's been – I think there was 41 my first year, 43 last year, and we got right at 40 this year. Wow. Well, you guys will be honoring them tomorrow night. Auburn and Prattville over at Duck Sanford Stadium uh, with playoff implications on the line. Head coach Keith Etheridge, thank you so much, man. I enjoy this every week. Uh, I appreciate you hopping on. I know we had a little phone trouble there at the beginning, but I do appreciate your time and talking about your team, and good luck tomorrow night. Hey, thank you, brother. Appreciate what y'all do. Yes, sir. That's head coach Keith Etheridge for Auburn High School football. He joins us every Thursday on the show to start hour number two. Auburn High six and two on the season, taking on Prattville tomorrow. And you heard coach talking about it. They got to win this game. The destiny, their destiny, and their playoff lives are in their own hands. And so, if they could win tomorrow against Prattville, they can take care of business on the road next week at Smith Station. They want another shot at the Central Red Devils, and Auburn High trying to get that shot you can catch those broadcasts including tomorrow on wings 94.3 with scott bagwell rob pate and uh jack hutton you can find those guys tomorrow over on wings 94.3 pregame 6 30 and kickoff at 7 between auburn high and prattville as the tigers looking to get into the playoffs and control their own destiny we appreciate coach keith etheridge joining us when we come back i know we started the hour with jones our phone caller who started the hour he had some passionate things to say and i want to address those when we come back we'd love to hear from you on the phone lines as well 334-321-1390 give me a call this is the final segment to call in because we have chris gordy host of locked on sec coming up at 3 30 so if you got something to say want to have a conversation give me a call on the phone lines 334-321-1390 you are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio in hour number two on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Got a few more minutes before uh, we get to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. He'll join us at 3.30, so got a few more minutes. 
appreciate uh, head coach Keith Etheridge from Auburn High School Football joining us as he does each and every Thursday. Had Jones call in before that uh, while we were getting Etheridge on the line. Uh, Jones, a, a listener, called in. And if you missed that and what he had to say, I highly recommend, and I always recommend you do this, but go back after the show today and listen to listen to the podcast today because Jones called in and and had some things to say. He was very fired up today, and he was passionate in his statements, and I don't think he was wrong in his statements. He was talking about how Auburn and Auburn football and how he wants to see results now, but it was in a different manner than what we've heard from other Auburn fans, right? There seems to be an almost even split of Auburn fans that are disappointed with this season because they're not winning games and they're not seeing results and they're not really seeing any progress, which is totally understandable. And then you also have the other side of Auburn fans that are saying and preaching patience. Gotta have patience. Gotta have patience. Gotta have patience, right? You can't, I think somebody compared it to this isn't McDonald's, right? You're not getting your food and not getting your way right here, right now. And both sides are completely acceptable. But here's is what Jones was saying. He was saying that, I believe he said he was in his 70s, right? And he wants to see Auburn be successful. And he's been disappointed because Auburn is shelling out this money like crazy to coaches that have not been living up to their expectations. And we know that Auburn is, is really, for no better way to put it, is the laughingstock of college football because they pay coaches to not coach here anymore. I mean, it's not as bad anymore, but you're still paying. You had to pay Brian Harson $15 million to get out of town. And the same thing with Gus Malzahn after his agent was able to get him more money. And he does that again. He just got an extension at UCF for whatever reason. But we know the track record of Auburn paying coaches to not coach here. And our caller was upset. He was frustrated. And he says, look, Auburn's got to change. Auburn has to be successful And Auburn is tired, and he's tired of Auburn being the afterthought in the state of Alabama when it comes to football. Because whether you think it is or not, results speak louder than anything, right? And unfortunately, that's just been the case. And to piggyback off of what he was saying, and to go back to things that we were talking about over the summer before we had actual games to talk about, This is a perfect time to make that happen. You have a new coach who actually recruits, who cares about winning, whether you believe he does this year or not, that's a separate conversation. But it appears to be that he cares about winning down the road, and he's trying to recruit, and he's trying to bring this program back, and the word that I continue to use is revive this program. But what I'm going back to is things that I've said over the summer where this is a transition period, this three- to four-year window that we're starting right now in 2023, this is the time for Auburn to get back to relevancy and become the program in the state of Alabama and become one of the 
programs in the SEC. Why? Because of the reasons I just stated and for what's happening in Tuscaloosa right now, where we all believe that Nick Saban has a few years left. And then that era will be done. And Auburn won't have to compete against that anymore. Unless they find somebody else. Or if Kirby Smart keeps doing what he's doing. But there's an opportunity here for Auburn to change the narrative and turn this thing around and be successful right now. And I think there's a big group of Auburn fans that are begging for that. Don't go anywhere. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, joins us. We'll talk about all the biggest games coming up in the SEC this weekend. Don't go anywhere. Chris Gordy, coming up next. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on a wonderful Thursday afternoon. It's a busy show and it continues with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, our longtime Thursday guest here on the show. Chris, uh, it's great to hear from you. I know you may be a little bit on the sad side with things, how it went down with your Astros, but uh, we do appreciate you taking some time talking to us about a little football anyway yeah sure thing man i mean i was a little depressed today when i saw you know a bunch of teams only have four or five games left on their schedules i'm like god is the college football season already almost over but uh here we are yeah i know it really is crazy i mean november's next month chris that that kind of tells you all you need to know and so uh before we look at the games coming up this weekend in the SEC. Just a quick recap uh, of what we saw last weekend. Um, Ole Miss came to town here in, in Auburn on the Plains and and beat Auburn. And, and Auburn's still 0-4 looking for that first SEC win. Uh, we saw Alabama take care of Tennessee late uh, in the third Saturday in October. Missouri continued their winning ways and Mississippi State and Arkansas played maybe the ugliest game in the SEC so far this year. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I mean, the, the headline story to me was was Alabama's dominant second half against uh, Tennessee. I mean, they they out they outscored twenty seven to nothing, and you know that was that was really the the staple of the week. That really, you know, we were looking at it was looking like for a half. Okay, Alabama's going to be done here, and then Tennessee just completely clammed up, and we saw you know Joe Milton's a little bit of a fraud, and uh, that that this Tennessee offense is not as good as they once were. But, uh, you know, we'll see on Alabama. I still think LSU is going to give them a, a good run for their money. LSU will be the best offense they will face here coming up next week. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, I thought Jordan Hare did everything they could. You know, Auburn uh, hung in there for as long as they could. And uh, and the defense still, you know, played their butts off, did as, did as well as they could. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's still lost to Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, it was at home. And so... You know, it is what it is. But I just thought that uh, I thought Ole Miss had it, or, or Auburn had a chance. Um, you know, if they had decent quarterback play, and they just cannot find decent quarterback play. So, uh, other than that, good dominant home win for Missouri. They're the real deal, sitting at seven and one. You know, somebody asked me yesterday about uh, the Kentucky Tennessee matchup this weekend. I said, man, you know, whoever wins that might be the second best team in the East. I said. I said, did, did Missouri stop playing football? Because Missouri <laughs> is the second best team in the East, and 
they're going to have a really good chance to go into Athens. We'll see what happens with Georgia this week against Florida, but man, they, they got as good a chance as anybody to go into Athens and pull off the upset of all upsets next week. And then, yeah, to your point, Arkansas just absolutely, I mean, look, six straight losses, but five of the six have been by one score or less. I mean, it's, it's amazing how they've been able to either play up or play down to their competition, but you don't score an offensive touchdown, you know, one field goal with K.J. Jefferson running your offense, yeah, Dean, Danny knows needed to go. So, totally get that one. But, uh, yeah, man, this thing is all setting up for, I know we got some ga- good games this weekend, but this thing is all setting up for next week, the doubleheader, Missouri at Georgia and LSU at Alabama. The, the East and West could be decided by those two games. And crazy to think for all the preseason prognosticators who had Alabama versus Georgia in Atlanta, wouldn't it be crazy if we got Mizzou versus LSU for the SEC? That would be nuts. Oh, that would just be. I, I got I got judged the other day because with Ole Miss, who um, it, you know technically still in the running for the SEC if things fall the right way, uh, I said that Ole Miss and Missouri would be the lowest rated SEC championship game in like the last twenty years, and I got judged pretty hard for saying that, Chris. <laughs> well, the the problem with Ole Miss is yes, they they outscored LSU. It was a, it was a score fest that you know they ended up uh, you know LSU had a chance. At the end zone, you know, at the end zone, the final seconds, and they couldn't pull it off, and it was a big win for Ole Miss. But they do still have to go play at Georgia in a couple weeks, and I just, you know, look, I think Missouri will have a chance to beat Georgia. I just can't see this Ole Miss team, this iteration of Ole Miss, beat going into Athens and beating Georgia. So again, you know, I think even if even if Georgia loses to Florida this weekend, even if maybe Mizzou beats Georgia in two weeks, I, I can't see Ole Miss going in there in November and, and beating uh, Georgia in their house. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it, it, in my mind still, it, whoever wins this LSU-Alabama game next week will be in the driver's seat, in my mind, for the West. Chris, I know you've watched uh, quite a bit of SEC football, including Auburn, and uh, my listeners are, are dying to know what your take and breakdown is on the Auburn offense. You already alluded to the defense, and look, I've been saying this for weeks now, the Auburn defense is doing their job. They have played well yep. enough for Auburn to win, uh, but you always like to tell it like it is. So what's the, what's the deal with this Auburn offense, man? What's the Chris Gordy diagnostic here? It sucks. I mean, the, the, the quarterback play is terrible. Well, the offensive line stinks. The receivers stink. I mean, it's just, I, I hate to be his blood, but I mean, it just, it's not good on any front. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I keep looking at, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, is Holden Garner that bad? Like, can we just give him the, the ball and say, you're our guy? Like, I mean, there's some nice balls in the spring. Like, turn some heads. Like, why not? It's just Peyton, Thor- Peyton Thorne is the, the bust of all busts from the transfer portal. Uh, now, now, maybe Tyler Buckner is down there with him, but, uh, you know, just in terms of, like, look around the, the – since the transfer portal started, like, look around the world of college football and look how many hits you've had, right? I mean, like, obviously, uh, you know, Jaden Daniels at LSU has turned out to be a massive, massive hit. Uh, you know, last year, Jameer Gibbs going from Georgia Tech to Alabama becomes a first-round pick. Like, you've had massive hits in the transfer portal. And yet, with, uh, with Peyton Thorne to Auburn, I just – Something happened on that flight down from uh, from Michigan State to Auburn. He forgot how to play football. I mean, it's it's crazy how that happens. It just somehow the guy got on the plains of Auburn and he just can't throw the football anymore. So, um, look, I know there's a bunch of other factors that go into it. The old line's been a mess. Um, you know, Jacquez Hunter's still doing his thing. I, I like him a lot, but you know, the the receiving core is, is a mess. I mean, we, you and I talked about it all throughout the spring. We were hopeful one of these guys would emerge, somebody would step up, whether. It's 
Jay Fair or whoever, but it's just it's been a mess and it's been sloppy and uh, I just never thought I would say that about a Hugh Freeze coach team. I know he's still kind of deferring and saying, "Oh, you know, Philip Montgomery, it's his offense." Uh, Phil Montgomery will not be running this offense next year if it continues down this path. Yeah, and that's what a lot of a lot of Auburn fans have started to to get on that trend. Chris is is there's a chance that one or maybe even both of Auburn's coordinators won't even be on the planes next year, and and it's got to be a question on the offensive side if Hugh Freeze really is, uh, you know, just helping with the game plan but not really calling the plays for the Auburn offense. We're talking with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. As we look ahead to uh, the games this weekend. We'll hold off on Auburn-Mississippi State just a couple of minutes. Um, And really interesting matchups. South Carolina on the road at Texas A&M, and that spread continues to grow for the Aggies. Chris, am I just crazy to think that A&M does not win this game by, what, 15 and a half points that it sits at right now? Oh, wow. So it actually moved up a point. It was it had been sitting at 14 and a half all week. So ESPN's got it at 15 and a half. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> wow. So, so it moved up a full point. That's that's crazy. I mean, yeah, look, it's, it's been bad for South Carolina. Um, you know, Spencer Rattler has put up a bunch of yards, but, man, he is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. And what's, what's A&M's biggest asset? I think they lead the SEC in sacks right now with 29. Like, they get after the quarterback. They, they, they just do. And so, I've been saying all week, I'm setting the line. It's over under six and a half sacks on Spencer Rattler this weekend. I mean, the, the South Carolina offensive line has been a disaster. Uh, their defensive line's been a mess. I mean, it's just been, it, it's been bad on both sides. And their defense can't stop anything, it seems. So, as bad as A&M's offense is, and Max Johnson has, has really not played that great, I think A&M's going to just lean on their run game and, and get out with, with a win in this one. But 15 and a half's a lot, man. I think, it, you know, Spencer Rattler, you guys think he's going to hit some some guys down the field for some scores. So, But then again, they went to Missouri last week, and all what, Mitch Jeter goes four for five from field goals. That's all they got was four field goals, zero touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, man, the, the one asset A&M has going for them is their defense, and particularly that defensive front. They are going to get after it. And, Spencer Rattler better have the uh, the ice packs ready after this one. Yeah, only thing South Carolina has going for them is is an 11 a.m. kickoff there at Kyle Field. It's not a night game by any means. So I mean that I just think 15 and a half is a lot um, with South Carolina with the offense as as powerful as it can be at times. Uh, we'll see it, and that should be an interesting game. The two big ones in the SEC East: Georgia, Florida, playing in Jacksonville, uh, 2:30 on CBS, and then Tennessee and Kentucky, two teams that we thought would be a little bit better. Uh, they're hanging around the SEC East, but uh, sort of played themselves out of it. Your thoughts on those two games? Yeah, Kentucky-Tennessee is is a real interesting one because Tennessee just got punched in the mouth against, uh, well, really against A&M and against Alabama, and that offense is, is not looking as good as they thought. You know, Joe Milton has not been that second coming of Hendon Hooker like everybody was hoping he would be. Uh, the receivers are not as good. I mean, Ramel Keaton is fine, but you lost Drew McCoy, and you obviously lost Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman to the draft last year. So yeah, Tennessee's got some issues. Kentucky, they're licking their wounds after their home defeat to Missouri and and, uh, and obviously getting curb stomped at Georgia. But uh, I think uh, I think this is an important game for Tennessee I know, or, or for Kentucky. I know Tennessee's a three-and-a-half-point road favorite, but Kentucky's going to run the fall, run the football with Ray Davis. Tennessee's going to run the football with their three-headed attack. And 
I think whichever quarterback throws the less passes in this game wins the game. <laughs> okay. like I, said, I don't trust Joe Milton. I don't trust Devin Leary. I trust the running backs. So let's just have a uh, – in fact, can we have a running clock in this one? Can I love we get it. get the, the clock to just run and we'll just run the football and make this game over by 8.30. So we'll see. What was the other game? Uh, Georgia-Florida. Yeah, man. I, I, I keep looking at this game, Jacob. I, I, I think Florida's got a chance. Now – there's the outside shot that Georgia shows up as dominant Georgia like they did against Kentucky a few weeks ago, and we go, oh, there's there's Georgia. But outside of that, man, they've not looked like themselves. They've played with fire so much this year, and now you take away Brock Bowers, who has been Carson Beck's safety blanket. Mm-hmm. He's been his go-to guy. Look, down late, you know, late in the game at Auburn, who's he go to? He goes to Brock Bowers for the big play when he needs to get South Carolina, goes to Brock Bowers. I mean, so I just – what happens if Georgia is in this game in the fourth quarter? Who does Carson Beck go to? You know, who's his go-to guy? So, um, credit Billy Napier, man. Nobody had Florida at five and two at this point in the season. Three and one in the SEC. Graham Mertz has actually been really, really good for them, completing like close to eighty percent of his passes. The run game's been good. The defense has been much improved under Austin Armstrong. Uh, he's a former Georgia staffer, so he kind of knows what they want to do over there. So. I just keep looking at this thing on paper. I know Florida's two biggest struggles all year came on the road at Utah and, and at Kentucky, but this isn't on the road. This is a neutral side game. You're going to have a lot of Florida fans there. Uh, I just keep thinking Florida's going to be in this game till the end. And, you know, I, if I had to defer, I'm going to defer to Georgia still win the game. But something keeps telling me Florida's going to hang around in this one for a while. Isn't it crazy that Florida's 5-2 and two and we're talking about them being in the game against Georgia on Saturday after what we saw in Week 1 against Utah that was a dumpster fire in Week 1? I mean, credit to Billy Napier. I know you said it, but, man, it's been a, a heck of a season for the Gators. Better than I gave them credit for at the start of it. Yeah, and the big thing is that they've gotten healthier. Uh, Kingsley Aguakin, their starting center, was, was out early in the year, and he got in there, and they, they started to find some chemistry and so, some cohesion on that offensive line unlike Auburn, ding, ding. Uh, but, but Florida, their, their O-line has been very, very good and, and opened up holes for ATN and Montreal Johnson. And, and Ricky Parasol has, has arrived on the scene as one of the premier receivers in the SEC and done really well. So, yeah, I, I, I'd worry about that game if I'm Georgia because Florida's going in with a, you know, I don't, I don't care attitude. Like, hey, we're supposed to lose this game by two touchdowns. Like, what do we have to lose? And so – Maybe Billy Napier draws up a trick play or two, and uh, I could see Florida doing some crazy stuff to stay in this game. One more game before we let you get out of here, the one that my listeners want to hear you talk about. Maybe not since you said Auburn's offense isn't any good, but that was not news or new information to them. (laughs) Mississippi State and Auburn this weekend, 2.30 in Jordan-Hare Stadium. The Tigers, of course, looking for uh, their first SEC win. They're on a four-game skid, man. How in the world does Auburn turn it around and beat Mississippi State? They're almost a touchdown favorite. What does Auburn do this weekend, and can they beat Mississippi State? Well, the good news is Zach Arnett's still being kind of mum on the quarterback. I still don't think Will Rogers is going to be back this week. You're probably going to see Mike Wright, who is, you know, he's fine. You know, he he, he scored one touchdown last week and went over Arkansas, but if he ends up being the guy, I mean, this is going to be just the, the story of uh, quarterback play not very good. Which quarterback can, can have the biggest run of the game is really what, what you're going to be looking for, but... Uh, look, Auburn's favored. I mean, I don't know how often you see a team on a four-game losing streak as almost a touchdown favorite, but, um, you know, that's how bad Mississippi State has been. Um, there, there's a reason why, Jacob, remember in, in the preseason, I, I picked Auburn to go 6-6 six and six yeah. last in the SEC West, and so many Auburn fans got mad at me. 
this is that swing game, right? I mean, this is that one. If you beat Mississippi State, all right, you got a chance to finish ahead of them. If not, uh, Mississippi State's definitely finished ahead ahead of you, and Auburn will finish dead last in the West. So we'll see what happens. I, I will say this: I like the next four games for Auburn. I think as much as you're at a four game losing streak, this could definitely flip around and be a, a very quick four game win streak because you know versus Mississippi State at Vandy at Arkansas at home for New Mexico State. I'm just saying right now, Auburn should win all four of those games. The Iron Bowl, we'll address that when we get there. We'll see what Alabama's playing for. If Alabama's already got two, three losses, maybe they're not playing for anything. But um, I just I, I look at it and say things look very bleak for Auburn right now, but if they can just solidify that quarterback spot, get get something. And I thought they did get a little something late in that Ole Miss game, but um, if, if they could just get something, they're going to win this game against Mississippi State, and, and I think they'll have a good shot to win the next four. Well, one thing we can't have on this program is Chris being right about Auburn being 6-6. Six and six. So Auburn's got to win this weekend for that factor alone. I mean, if Auburn can do that, hey, hey look, you've, you've come on here and made some statements. You've come on here and admitted you were wrong a couple of times. It doesn't happen often, Chris, but you have done it before. Yeah, but I'm more more often right than wrong, so I need you guys to listen to me what I thought. So. You're you're right about that. Hey, I'll give you credit when you're when you're right. There's no doubt about it, man. Well, look, should be good games this weekend. Looking forward to it in the SEC. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, he joins me every Thursday. Has since I took over the show. Uh, we appreciate him and his time each and every Thursday. Chris, let everybody know where they can find you and your daily Locked On SEC podcast and what you got coming up. Yeah, Locked on SEC, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on YouTube as well, so if you want to see the video versions there. and uh, We'll be making our Week 9 picks uh, on tomorrow's show. Today's episode up there with our buddy Chris Marler. If you missed that one, go check that out. Uh, he is an Alabama homer who just absolutely sticks it to the Tennessee fans. So <laughs> if you like to hear somebody take, uh, take jab after jab at, at Tennessee, you'll enjoy that up at Locked on SEC. Yeah, Chris Marler, is, uh, he's must-see TV and must-listen uh, podcasting, isn't he? Oh yeah, he said. Uh, he said he hopes that Tennessee fans of that second half just cried and, and enjoyed every blow that Alabama stuck to him. I mean, that, it's pretty harsh. That's awesome. Well, I would expect nothing less from him, and I'd expect nothing less from you as well. People, go check it out. Locked on SCC wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Chris, I appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Jacob. That's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. Go check it out wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube as well. We'll come back and wrap it up here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Got a couple of minutes before uh, we get out of here. Huge thanks to uh, all of our wonderful guests here on a Thursday afternoon. If you've been with me, you know it's busy around here on Thursdays, especially in football season. Uh, We have three wonderful guests on Thursdays. Uh, It starts in hour one with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Then at three o'clock to kick off hour number two, we talk with Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge. Uh, We, uh, let's see, we recapped the Central game last week and previewed the Prattville game coming up tomorrow night over at Duck Sanford Stadium, uh, a game that if Auburn High wins, they're in uh, into the playoffs as they control their own destiny. And then just got off the phone with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC 
podcast. Uh, one of my favorite guests on the show. We enjoy having him on, talking all the biggest storylines in the SEC. Uh, he was extremely harsh about Auburn's offense, but as I told him, I don't think that's news to you, Auburn fans, and got to find a way to uh, to get that fixed. And so he gave his picks and predictions for some big games in the SEC this weekend and uh, started alluding to a big weekend next weekend with Auburn LSU. Uh, that's a huge game. And then Missouri and Georgia next weekend in the SEC. So we appreciate all the great guests and all of you, my wonderful listeners and callers. I appreciate you being here uh, each and every day. Coming up tomorrow on the show, it's Friday, which means we will have uh, my interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. We'll also have Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett will be joining us in the studio for our number two here on ESPN. So excited for that. We'll be talking all the biggest games in college football and of course our final picks, predictions and thoughts for Auburn and Mississippi State on Saturday. That's coming up tomorrow on the Friday edition of On the Line. Stay tuned. Bill and Dan coming up for the drive from 4 to 6 on ESPN 106.7 but until tomorrow 2 to 4 right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later. 